The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Please visit pod617.com to learn about our podcast production services and view our full lineup of shows. Welcome to 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Knower podcast presented by Northern Lights. Now here's your hosts, David Yaz and Camp Tell Knower director Ephraim Udowitz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Knower podcast. My name is David Yaz. I'm with the Boston Podcast Network. But maybe more importantly, more to the point, I'm a, an alumni and a devotee and a pathetic obsessor over Camp Tell Knower, the camp where I grew up. With me as usual is the director of Camp Tell Knower, Ephraim Udowitz. Ephraim, how it's are we feeling today? Awesome. It's your passion and your obsession that we love. <laughs> There's no other way to describe it. It sounds over the top, but that's just the way it is. When you're a camp person, that's the way it is, right? Um, Ephraim, for the uninitiated, tell us what 10 for 2, the title of our podcast, actually means. Yeah, 10 for 2 is this uh, mantra that uh, we live by. It's this idea that 10 months of the year is the anticipation. 10 months of the year is everything that we have to kind of get through. It's the school year. It's the rest of the year that uh, leads up to the excitement of the two months of the summer. So 10 for two is this phrase that we use, and it's all about how much we can't wait for the best part of the year, everything that we live for, which is Camp Del Norte. Yeah, you get through those 10 and you get rewarded with the two. It's the way it was when I grew up, and I'm glad to hear it's the same way. Uh, We have some great guests coming up on this installment of the podcast, but before we do that, let me take a minute to tell you about Northern Lights Entertainment. So Northern Lights is much more than just music. It's It's dedicated to helping you create the event of your dreams. Whether you want an elegant affair or an out-of-this-world extravaganza, the Northern Lights team of entertainment professionals will work with you, produce an affair custom to your style. They do everything. I know them for bar and bar mitzvahs, and you probably do too if you're listening to my voice. You've been to a few. Northern Lights is the best. They keep the energy of the kids up. All the kids are dancing. It's always a huge party when Northern Lights throws it. Learn more by visiting northernlightsentertainment.com. They've rocked the beach at Camp Tel Noor. They will tell you about the epic beach party they put on at Camp Tell Noor. And they're ready to rock your world to start planning your event now at northernlightsentertainment.com. You love them, right, Ephraim? The best. They're yeah. awesome. And they support our podcast. And so Ephraim, um, this, you know, it's your camp, for heck's sake. I like to think it's mine. It used to be mine. Anyway, Ephraim, tell us uh, about the guests that, have, that are joining us here today. Yeah, thrilled to have two amazing, amazing members of our team here to join us. Um, today's episode is all about working at camp and what it's like to get a chance to spend your summers as an adult on the shores of Sunset Lake. So thrilled to have Carrie and Deb with us, give an opportunity for you guys to int- introduce yourselves, a little bit about who you are and your roles at camp. And uh, Carrie, we'll start with you. Oh, Deb can go first. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay, okay, okay. Um, What do you want me to say? Carrie Tabaski, I have two daughters at um, Camp Tell Knower, and they are both... What? I just thought you didn't didn't bring it when you first introduced yourself. Uh, All right, I'm... Go ahead. uh, Okay. Um, Two daughters who are both going to be Beau Grote next summer, which is crazy to me. Um, And I am a former camper of... Camp Tell Noir, I went there. I actually started really late in the game. I I came in at bunk 17, and I was only a camper for two summers. Um, I was at another camp prior to Tell Noir. I hated it. It was just not a fun, happy, nice place. Um, campers 
counselors weren't as nice as they are at Telnora. And my sister, who was at Telnora, said, come over to Telnora. And I did. And I, I'm a lifer. So, um, and I wanted to go back and work at camp for 27 years. And I finally did last summer. And what do you do at camp? What do I do at camp? I hide out in the kitchen. What don't you do at camp? <laughs> what don't I? Um, I taught uh, cooking. I did Master Chef and um, become a baker, although we combined it this summer. Uh, and I taught cooking classes, which I absolutely love doing. And I also so wait, Master Chef is a cooking class, yeah, like an elective that you teach. Or? Yes, original first month it was called Master Chef which was supposed to be the savory side of things and then become a baker. Oh, Master Chef become a baker, which was baking, but then we found that a lot of kids took the same classes. They signed up for Master Chef. Mm-hmm. They signed up for Master Chef and then they signed up for become a baker and then um, and then they would duplicate and then it would just became much easier just to call it Master Chef and then we can make whatever we want. That was the concise explanation. Who yeah, gets exactly. to eat all, who gets to eat all the food? The kids do. We make sure that whatever we make, they can enjoy by the end of class, and then we bring all the leftovers to the office. So that it must be a popular elective. Kids are always, you know, looking for new sources of food at camps. So, yeah, right? totally. Oh, okay. A great elective to come in as a first-year staff member to teach. And we did podcasting. I not necessarily during Master Chef, but I also taught podcasting. All right. Thanks, Gary. Anything We're psyched else? that you're here. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Deb. Hi. I am Deb Dennison. I'm actually also a former camper like Kerry. I think we overlapped a little bit. I was a camper there for nine years, and I've been a nurse there for four, and I'm going on my fifth summer. So um, I grew up at Telnoir starting from bunk nine, which was um, when I was eight or nine years old, all the way through um, until I finished my CIT summer. So that's how I got involved at camp. Uh, so now we get an opportunity to do something that we've been doing here on uh, 10 for 2, the Tell Nora podcast. We play a little game called Flagpole. It's an opportunity for us to uh, ask some rapid-fire questions, get a little bit uh, insight into camp culture, and hear a little bit about what makes camp so special for you. So Dave, why don't you start us off? We've got five minutes on the clock here for the flagpole, and let's start by asking uh, most memorable like evening activity at Camp Tonoa that you can remember. Uh, Carrie, I'll throw it to you first. Oh, God. Um, well, I think that the uh, mud wrestling was definitely <laughs> memorable, but I, I also think I loved Relax and Slacks because... Mm. Coming in at it always begged the question uh, yeah. who who has slacks like what that was clearly a term invented <laughs> in the sixties in the eighties but yeah we and did, we did it, have slacks but you don't you don't do relax and slacks anymore do I have you? no relax clue what's happening okay. <laughs> relax and pants no tell our last tell our listening audience what relax and slacks relax was. and slacks so this was actually nothing. like okay. my first night of camp or my second night of camp ever at Tell Noah and we had relax and slacks and it was like a little um, you went to the older dining hall and with the boys bunk the girls bunk and the boys bunk of your age group and you just hung out you just hung out which is what you and you relaxed in your slacks <laughs> deb sounds self-explanatory same, deb, I, same question i don't remember relaxing slacks but right. i i always loved bunk night like we did mm. a lot of fun things and i loved all camp capture the flag and i'm disappointed that we don't do that anymore yeah, that was known as flag rush for color yeah. for color, well competition. Was um, it a color war? I can't remember if it was color war, but that was always yeah, fun. Okay. W- which we called competition back in the day, and now you call uh, 
rainbows and handshakes and hugs or something. <laughs> that was really a reference for a previous <laughs> episode of the podcast. Know, yeah. It's not color war, it's no, rainbows. Let's get do, back to flagpole. We, we, this is flagpole, but just quickly, the, the, Deb's right, that, that flag, Capture the Flag was intense. It was called uh, Flag Rush, I think. Flag Rush was the, the color war version of it, and you split the entire camp down the middle, yeah. and it was just vicious. Kids flying back and forth. The problem was there were so many skinned knees and sprained ankles that they had to get rid of it. Okay. Yeah, that's a dead problem. And as the camp nurse, I'm good with that. Okay. <laughs> She's ready. She's ready. Uh, still got time left on the clock, Ephraim. Your turn. A song that makes you think of camp. Anything Billy Joel. Yeah. Anything. James Taylor. Yeah. You've got a friend. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we, we were talking about oh. that at the last podcast. We did. Absolutely. We, we, we covered that earlier and how much I hate the song. But it does remind me of camp, so it does okay. uh, pass the test. Um, Yellow but, Submarine, was that one of them? Yeah. That was Oh, it's, it's funny. Nobody mentioned any of the Hebrew songs, which, of course, we love them. O.T. Ray. O.T. Ray. There you go. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, the whole, uh, the whole library. Um, all right, here's my question. What... Um, Give me a memorable spot in uh, camp that oh, maybe is sort of special or, or different to you. And Carrie's laughing because it's she's thinking about her first kiss from, you know, John Cooley. Book, I book never. Book. <laughs> it's oh. amazing. We've done three episodes oh, of this podcast, and that story comes up every time. Yeah, I know. Wait, that was me. That was me. That was kissing, kissing, that was John, kissing Cooley? John Cooley. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice guy. Um, all right, you understand the question? Nice a spot in camp. Kind eyes. Okay. Where nothing inappropriate happened. No, just something no. happened. Okay, I, I just well, we need to set the like, rules have, because did something inappropriate? Like no, stop, just anything. Oh my god, your son is okay. Just, maybe it's the you know your uh, athletic thing or a play or, or somebody gave you uh, a pickle from the G store or something. I don't know what. I, mean, <laughs> I actually I think for me because I was so into the drama, not the drama mm. of the kids but the actual drama, drama department actual yeah, plays so i think the old rec hall and the gym where we actually did the performances there you go Deb. um you know i have a lot of memories and this is crazy but the dance platform we would do jane fonda yeah jane all fonda the time workout. yep I was just talking about someone that the other day that there are fitness crazes all, and people are like, oh, there's this new, like the Fitbit thing. Like that's the new revolutionary thing. And it's like, there was always a revolutionary thing, a fat and Jane Fonda, but everybody did Jane Fonda. And you could, every day you'd walk by yep. it, and the whole Jane Fonda class would be doing their Jane Fonda thing. That yep. song by the Jacksons, can you feel it? Yeah. Can you <laughs> that's feel exactly it? What yeah, it that is. was from Jane Fonda. I mean, not written for you, but anyway. Yeah. Um, you want to teach that this summer, yes? <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. Yeah, just turned fifty. Not you still have your leg warmers? No. I actually got leg warmers for so I could wait at banquet. I have hot pink leg warmers now for the eighties theme banquet. This this most recent summer. Summer, yeah. Oh, so that it was a throwback theme. Yeah, it was an eighties theme. That's cool. The the decade that these kids absolutely do not remember at all. No. All right, last flagpole question. Go for it. Favorite camp tradition. You go. Ooh, a camp. Shabbat. I have to say, I love Shabbat. It's a kiss-up answer. No, I'm just No, kidding. I, I, love, I really love Shabbat, and I'm there on Shabbat, and right. I love it. Uh, yeah. uh, dressing up in blue and white, songs. Yep, um, all the same. Yep. It, it, Some it different is, tunes, more is, modern. Yeah. But I it's love it. Carrie, you go. I, I actually have to agree. I like Smerot's. Do they still call it Smerot's? Yes. Good. I, Song session. I love 
I love Song Session. Yeah. I really did. It was just such a feeling when everybody got together and everyone was singing and all the the count, male counselors were singing O.T. Ray and then all the female counselors were doing Hallelujah and it was just, we, everyone knew the songs and it was it was just an amazing, amazing feeling. And, and yeah, it, it's, I gotta say, for someone who is was not particularly re- religious and to come clean, still not very religious, I definitely uh, appreciated Judaism uh, more from the the traditions and the kind of the f- what you felt on um, Friday night. Sorry, I had to cue up a little fiddler on the roof. You'll hear it in the background in a minute. Uh, I mean, doesn't this remind you of Miro such as? Yes. Yes. So the other thing about it was, it taught me that um, being in touch with your. Uh, Jewish heritage and everything can be a cool thing. And I have this memory of um, my counselor and role model, Russ Schwartz, who I guess I mentioned on every podcast because I mentioned him on the last one. He was the guy tapped to do the, the Kiddush for the, the, you know, the Kiddush prayer you do before Friday. And he, I could see the look on his face. He was taking it so seriously, like he was leading this song. You know, Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam. You know, the whole thing. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam. But anyway, and I just thought, wow, this is a cool, like, handsome guy. And he thinks this is cool. So it must be cool. And it's, it's, it's kind of, and I don't know if my parents cared, but I came home definitely having a nice feeling about the whole thing. It's like a celebrity endorsement of, yeah, of Jewishness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Shabbat is still, is still a highlight for a lot of people during the week. Dress up. They, yeah. yeah, for sure. Burning in the TN is a pretty big, popular one. Sorry, uh, we are <laughs> letter day, letter writing day. Sharon Lasky singing happy birthday. Skip around the room. Yeah. Is letter writing day still every other day, or how does that work? Sort of whenever we get around to it. Oh boy. Um, yeah, I know. As a person who didn't get many Carrie, letters. Carrie, talking to the mic. Sorry. There you go. Oh wait a minute. That's uh, all the time we have for flagpole. Oh. Thank you. You did well. <laughs> that was excellent. So again, just uh, so glad you guys are here. We get an opportunity each episode of 10 for 2 to talk a little bit about uh, unique aspects to our culture. And one of the things that I think is just so awesome, one of the things that I love about my job is I get a chance to work with really, really great people. Two of you make a huge contribution to camp every summer. You come back and you do your job. And for you, it's it's a particularly cool thing because not only are you, you getting a chance to spend your summers in a really cool environment and have a tremendous amount of fun, but you're giving back to a community that has meant a lot to you. Um, so can you share a little bit about like why, you know, that is true for you? Why going back to a place that you were a kid once that you spent your summers at and, and how that plays out for you? I think um, I think that Tell Noah was such a huge... Even though, like I said, I was only there as a camper for two summers. I was a counselor for two summers, and I was a cat. And just some of the the most amazing times I've had have been at camp. It's just the feeling that I had when I left, and that horrible, like, gut-wrenching feeling when you had to leave the, the last day of camp, and the feeling that you have when you come back. And, you know, I came in after all the bar and bat mitzvahs were over, so I didn't even have that whole experience of seeing each other during the year. Um, And then we also had to actually mail letters to each other to stay in touch or we had to, or we could call on the phone, but it was, it's that feeling. And so coming, I think I'm, I don't know if I'm 
going off the, on a tangent, but I think that um, coming back to camp, a lot has changed. A lot has stayed the same, but it's that feeling that, and I was a, com- like I commuted to and from camp every day, but cu- pulling into camp and getting out of my car every morning and that feeling of being there for however many hours I was there for, it, that feeling doesn't change. You it's, still got, even though it, your role is the, very different, you still feel that same sort of butterfly thing. Oh my God, the butterflies of like pulling it, now it's West Street. So I would always take that left on West Street, left on Main. And um, it was, it's just the feeling that I, and I get to see people and see Deb and see Wedge and who I call, we call Kaka, but, um, and see people that we went to camp with, Sharon. It's like, and you have all these memories with these people that, um, it's just an incredible thing and it feels like how like like a blink of an eye all those years just went by so fast and here we are <laughs> I have to agree with Carrie I felt the same way when I dropped the boys off for their first year in bunk one I cried when it said welcome home and I wasn't crying because I was leaving them I was crying because I realized that that moment that as an adult I would never have that opportunity that they were that I was giving them to go to camp. So when Becca and Ephraim asked me how can we get you to work here, I was so excited that I'd have the opportunity to be back at camp. <clears throat> yeah. Can I add one thing? I always do. Sorry, Ephraim. But um, that what you just said struck a chord, both of you guys. But when um, and how you how you were crying, we so that that feeling of that last day and the trunks are packed up. Well, no trunks anymore, but whatever. You're all packed up parents are starting to pick up the kids it's like a desperate sad feeling it's like something really great is ending and you don't happily you don't feel it that often in life but just a real quick personal story i just my son i have a son uh, <coughs> excuse me um my son adrian who i talk about all the time who's 20 he has autism and he just started a residential program at a great school called cardinal cushing um but we had to drop him off he's going to live there this is going to be his version of college and we get him it moved in and I start like saying goodbye to him and I felt that exact same feeling like it's like a, it's like right in the pit of my stomach. I'm like, this is over. Uh, I mean, it's not over like I'm not going to see him again, but it's a permanent thing that's kind of done. And um, yeah, it's there's nothing like it. So and as parents and as parents who work at camp and get a chance to see your kids at camp, that's such a different experience than, than parents who send their kids don't know what's going on, see the photos online and, you know, read the email blogs and then the newsletters, but you guys get to be at camp every day. So what's that like as a parent seeing camp while your kids are at camp? I think, um, for me, well, it's funny. Cause when we first talked about me working there, you said, how were your, how will the girls feel? And I, I knew that when I finally talked to them about it, um, they were, they were so excited for me to be there. And Jordan was all over me every day. And Maya, I think in the beginning, kind of kept her distance. Don't be listening to this, Maya. But she kept her distance because I think she just wasn't sure exactly how to feel about me being there because she wanted her independence. Um, but seeing them interact with their friends and participate in all the activities and do everything. And and I I didn't, like being in the kitchen, I, I actually didn't get to see them in so many different things. I, I left by six o'clock, so I didn't get to see them during evening activity um, or during breakfast, but seeing them laughing and just having a great time and 
so happy and also being able to give them a hug every day was really, really neat. It was just, it was very cool. For me, I, my kids want nothing to do with me. I think their friends enjoy having me around more than they do. They all call me Mama Denison. <laughs> um, I get to see them. I, I don't interact as much as I'd like. I request visiting day off every year so I can actually find out what's going on. But a wave or a hi or, you know, can you get me this is, is nice that they have that. Um, usually I say no. Um, but it is nice. I, I really love watching them with their friends. Just like Harry said, it's great to see them. They're so happy. They say it themselves that that is the best place, you know, for them. They love it. It's their home away from home. Matt came home sick last year and he kept saying, I want to go home. I want to go home. And he was at home um, and he meant back to camp. So it, it really is. It's wonderful to see them interact with their friends and get to know all the kids. You know, it, it really is. It's like being for me. I feel like I'm a mom to 300 something children. It's so cool because I, you know, obviously I get a chance to spend the summers with you guys and, and watch you interact both as professionals uh, and as parents. And I grew up in the kind of household where I was always so embarrassed because my friends loved my parents and I like didn't get it. I was like, they are so lame. Why do you want to hang out with them? But they really enjoyed my parents. They like loved visiting our house. And I, I see your kids and their friends and the relationships that they've built with you guys as adults. And I think it's so mm -hmm. cool. And torturous to our kids sometimes but pretty cool yeah it's really i mean it is like um deb said it's really nice first of all you hear about these kids for so long but until you actually spend time with them you don't even really know who these kids are and so i got to really say oh you're this person and you're this person and um and for them to call me mom and ask if i would adopt them and and all that it was it's really nice it's <laughs> and it's nice to just be able to get to know them. Um, I think it's nice for the kids to have a friendly face. And not that there aren't friendly faces already at Tell Nowhere, but you know what I mean. But there are some that are friendlier than others. Is that what you're <laughs> yeah. saying? As you look <laughs> at me and you're strike like... Strike that from the record. <laughs> I don't think the kids... Is that to stop? I don't think... The no. Kids... Okay. I don't think the kids... It, to them, it matters whose mom it is. I think it makes them feel comfortable that someone's mom is there. So where, That's what I meant to say. Yeah. So whether it's a kid in Maya's bunk that might come up to me for something, which they do often, or someone in bunk nine or someone in bunk eight who, you know, I really don't have a relationship with. I think they feel more comfortable sometimes knowing that there's a mom at camp. You're a mom. That's a, that's what it is. I think it's that being a mom yeah. at camp and having the kids knowing that there is a mom at camp. Um, and, and we're not disciplined. We're not in that role that we're someone that is um, in charge of them. We're not a head counselor. You're we're not, not parenting them. We're not, but we're there if they need something. And yeah. I think that they know that and they identify with us in that role, which means a lot too. I love that. My favorite is that sometimes kids will come up to you know you guys and they'll be like, "Wait, you're Maya's mom?" Yeah. <laughs> what? what? Or or I would say to some kid, I I taught. All summer, I'm like, wait a second, your dad is this person? Like, for so long, I taught Brayden Miller. I did not even put two and two together that Brayden's dad is Randy, who is a very good yeah. friend of mine for many years. And um, I, it just blew my mind. Or you see well, the, the exhaustion of the summer gets to us all differently. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> memory is the first thing to go. So. And age. Yeah. yeah. Or you see the kid and you just know from his face who his totally. parent is. <laughs> totally. 
So you, both of you had the opportunity again, like we talked about, you, you went to camp as campers, you've had your own experiences, you've gotten a chance to watch your kids enjoy camp, and now you're at camp as staff members. Can you talk to me a little bit about like, what do you see at camp differently now that you're an adult and you see it through a staff perspective? How has camp changed for you as you watch it through that perspective and that lens? Uh, can you repeat the question? No, I'm kidding. Um, I think that uh, that for me, you know, you, the kids, before I was working there, the kids come home at the end of the summer and they're rattling off all of these different things that they do. And um, because the letters, you know, I get letters like, it's too hot to write, or I'm so tired, or I don't have time to write, whatever it is. So you don't hear a lot of what's going on if you're not um, working there. And then, um, so coming back and being able to actually see what they're talking about. And, and I think what I was saying before about that feeling that the magic of camp, but also I got to know you as a, as a coworker or as my boss, but, um, as you know, watching, getting to know all the staff that they're talking about and all the counselors and getting to know my kids counselors. And, um, but the other thing is I didn't, you know, I was, again, like I was in the kitchen for a lot of it. So I didn't really, I wasn't out and about. Like, I think I went to the waterfront maybe like the sixth week of camp. <laughs> and a lot of the counselors were like, wait, who is that person? <laughs> but it was, um, it's just nice to get to know the traditions and be part of the energy in the dining hall and, and just part of all these kids um, and hopefully helping to make their summer as memorable as mine have been. So it's not just about being Jordan and Maya's mom and teaching, it's about being part of that whole experience. Like we're all in this to make sure that these kids are as happy as they can be, as safe as they can be, and just getting as much as they can out of the summer. And I love being part of that. I, that's exactly what I was gonna say, what Carrie just said about making it the best summer for these kids because for me that's what it's about you want them to have the same experience if not better than yours and I like being a part of that yeah I, I, I love that that's what you know resonates with you and I think for me one of the things that I love is that as adults at camp obviously we're in it for the kids and we spend a lot of time with the kids and that's so much what the energy of camp is all about and as adults, we have our relationships too, and we make friends, and we have crazy stories. We're up three o'clock in the middle of the night planning the next, you know, evening activity or whatever it is, um, and we get a chance to have a little bit of taste of that kind of camp magic for ourselves, which I think is so cool. And some of my closest friends are people who I've become close with by working with them at camp. It's fun. It's exhausting. I think that's <laughs> so the true. part. I We're not in realize. camp shape anymore. Right. I, I didn't. It's so much fun, but it definitely is a long day and it's tiring and what we do is a lot but it's worth it in the end well it's funny that you say that because for me I and and people thought I was crazy because I drove an hour or so each way but for me it was the most time I've ever had to myself driving to and from camp in the car but also I felt like I was, I was working really hard but I felt like it was a break for me from everything else so I was in that camp bubble during the day for the nine hours or whatever I was at camp and then I would come home and I'd have to like break out of that bubble and get back to reality and then go back to the bubble but I loved going back to the bubble. I say that to everyone it's a bubble. It's a bubble. And when you're not in the bubble you want to know what's going on in the bubble. (laughs) Um, Just I want to add one quick thing on that because I I was a counselor for like four years then took a year off and came back when I was like 22 years old 
and even then there was sort of elements that I was too old for this stuff you know the the old you know action movie line I'm getting too old for this stuff like I came back and I decided to to take bunk one because that was like the most fun I had had as a counselor but I did it when I was like a you know wide-eyed you know 16 year old and coming back at 22 and already like kind of being in the middle of law school and stuff it is you're you're kind of on even you get you get time off and everything but it's a 24-hour job and i know carrie you, you know you commuted home and everything but you forget like yeah, i mean it's and you're in the sun and you're running around a lot and it's like um it's the best job but it's that's kind of one of the reasons why it's it's so good is it's all encompassing but also exhausting sometimes as a as a quote you know air quote adult at camp um and having two kids of my own and and being there I have such a great appreciation for what our counselors do. Oh my God. They, it's like I amazing. I, I walk around. I'm like, I am not 20 anymore. Oh, um, it's crazy. I do remember as a counselor being exhausted all the time and I can't even, they start at what? Seven o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning. And they go until what time do these kids go to bed? 11. They get maybe they get, it is, but I'm sure it's very fulfilling for them. But I, their their energy level and their enthusiasm and it keeps going all day for these kids and as pa- as a parent it's so humbling because yeah. i i work all day i and then i go home to my kids and the patience that our counselors have and their <laughs> level of empathy is something that i i need to work on for my own like it's just incredible what they what they're able to do um i want to wrap up with just one sort of last question and, and that is you know we we have this podcast 10 for 2 the idea that we spend all year thinking about the magic of the summer and the idea that the rest of the year is just not as magical and we don't get to do things as special um, as the things that we get to do over the summer. So when you think about that idea and your role over the summer and how that's different than what you get to do during the rest of the year, what is that magic for you? What is the thing that you're looking forward to the most about returning back to Sunset Lake? Um, Well, for me, I think, you know, you, you come back from camp and you get into the grind and there's so much with school and I have three kids in three different schools and there's just so much going on for each one of them and there's it's just the day-to-day of everything and you know I I work with Dave and I love it and um I think that uh just being (laughs) thanks Dave um being in that going back to that bubble or being in that bubble of not having to worry about all the stuff in life that not that my life is not good during the year, but not having to worry so much about certain things um, is just a really nice thing to have during the summer. I think that the camp nursing job is the best nursing job that there is. And if there was a camp that ran 365 days a year, I'd want to be a nurse there. <laughs> that director would just be passed out after the first, exhausted. So I, I, I feel the same way as Kerry. I think, you know, when you're back home, it's back to the grind, back to the schoolwork, back to appointments, back to soccer, back to, you know, whatever sport they're playing, you know driving them all over to see their camp friends having to figure out what to make for right. dinner every dinner day. that right. is the bane of my yes. existence but that's a whole other podcast yeah and so i think you know one i love my nursing job at camp it is completely different than my real job and um i think too it's it, it is it's living in that bubble and we love living there Thank you guys so much, Carrie, Deb. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Excited to spend another summer with you guys and keep counting down the days until camp. <laughs>
And thanks to Northern Lights for being our sponsor. Thanks to Northern Lights, our sponsor of 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Noah podcast. We love you guys. Go to northernlightsentertainment.com for all that info. Anything you want to know about Camp Tell Noah, all the stuff that Ephraim has to tell you and to share, of course, go to camptellnoah.org. We remind you that 10 for 2 is a production of the Boston Podcast Network. Please check out all the pods, all the great stuff we have at pod617.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. You can find it on Apple, your Apple, uh, of course, iTunes, your Apple podcast app. Anyway, anywhere, Spotify, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find 10 for 2, the Camp Tell Nowhere podcast. Until next time, this is David Yaz. Thanks, Kerry. Thanks, Deb. And, of course, thanks to Ryder Mutowitz, the director of Camp Tell Nowhere, our camp of golden pleasure. See you next time. <laughs>